This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So getting us all on a better and lasting path to equality and justice, well, it means educating everyone. And that, Jason, as we know, needs to happen at all ages. Um, Public Color gets that. Here to talk about their mission and efforts is Ruth Schumann. She is president and founder of, am I saying it right, Public Color? Okay, good. And she joins us on the phone in New York City. I just wanted to make sure. Um, we are so delighted to have you with us. And we, I do want to point out that um, Public Color is supported by Bloomberg Philanthropy, which is, of course, the charitable arm of Bloomberg LP, owner of Bloomberg Radio. Um, Ruth, so delighted to have you here with us. I've been looking at your website, looking at some of your your efforts. Tell us a little bit about your mission, though. Well, from the very beginning, our mission has been to move the needle on educational inequity and economic inequality. And um, I was, uh, 26 years ago, I got to see um, a lot of schools, middle schools in East Harlem, and I was absolutely outraged by how prison-like they all looked, looked and felt. And I thought, it's no wonder kids are dropping out. It's no wonder teachers are burning out. It's no wonder parents don't come for parent-teacher conferences. These were environments of extreme disrespect. And um, I had just finished my master's in industrial design with a specialty in the psychological effect of color. And that's when the light bulb went on. I thought, you know what? If I put a paintbrush in the hands of especially disaffected students. I will get them, first of all, I'll teach them the marketable skill of commercial painting. I'll teach them strong work habits. But I'll also, just by talking to them, let them know how important education is. And together, we will change the way their school looks and feels. And and what happened was they developed a very strong sense of pride and ownership in their school. They started showing up much, much more regularly. Anecdotally, I heard from principals that even teachers started showing up more regularly. And um, let's see, one, two, three schools later, my third school uh, that I did um, in Bed-Stuy, Um, which was the lowest performing school in the system that I did as a pilot project uh, in order to win a contract with the Department of Ed, the DOE. At that school, I I couldn't leave. I couldn't leave the kids. When we were, uh, uh, we all, I started, uh, the, I had a celebration to, at the end of the painting, the transformation, and I couldn't leave them. They were holding on. They were crying. And I thought, we've got to start another program. So back in 1997, I started Color Club, which is an acronym for Community of Leaders Organizing Revitalization. The whole point was to go out into the neighborhood, into under-resourced facilities like homeless shelters, local health clinics, senior centers, community centers, with these kids so yeah. that they were still with me. Hmm. And, and then that 
developed more and more into weekly career and college prep workshops and then tutoring. Uh, We offer tutoring three times a week. And, of course, painting on Saturdays. And then the students were getting older, so now what? So I started Next Steps, which is college and career prep. And I want you to know that Bloomberg, Bloomberg volunteered with us at the very first school that we painted as a result of having gotten a contract with the DOE, which was Thomas Jefferson in East New York. That was back in like 19, that was maybe 1997. Yeah. Wow. It's incredible. And Bloomberg employees have painted with us every single year, multiple times. And, I mean, they're incredible. I've always said that our volunteers are the lifeblood of our organization. And um, I'm, I'm just thrilled that they're still with us this many years later. Well, it is definitely, as, as you know, uh, Ruth, and, you know, as the New York Bureau Chief, you know, I'm very proud of what we do here in New York. It, you know, it is so baked into our culture, and it obviously uh, comes from our boss, yeah. Mike Bloomberg, uh, as you know, who I believe yeah. uh, we should also point out, I was, ble- I believe, was involved in, a, in an event uh, earlier this week. I do want to yeah. ask you, before we, before we do some news, you know, Given that you come at this from from a very you know scientific background, is that you study this and you study design, as you say, what is it? You know, just in in a minute or so, what is it about color that has that effect? I'm fascinated by that uh, by that point that you made. Okay, it's not just color. It, you really have to know something about color. So you can't mm. just put up any color. So it's it's understand. It's like music. You can't just play any notes. You've got to know what you're doing. But if you know what you're doing, color, color affects attitudes and behavior. Totally. Period. Yes. And well, that is, and research documents that. Right. Think about it. They've done that with waiting rooms in hospitals or yes. even in prisons. Yes. Like, like the, yes. it's just, they, they talk about the impact of what this can, can do for people. It's huge, right? Absolutely. And, and so we use, we paint energy, joy, inspiration, visual beauty, safety. Would you Mm. believe in every study that we've done of our work, students and teachers overwhelmingly report feeling safer in a public-colored school? There's no graffiti. The kids become the painters become my anti-graffiti posse. Right, right. No there must graffiti. be, there must be like just a, a feeling of you know being proud of the work, right, and wanting yes. and like a sense this, of ownership and yeah. a sense of ownership. Like and this is our space. Exactly. Listen, Ruth, Ruth, hang on a second because we want to continue okay. our conversation. We have to do a little okay. bit of news here, but we are definitely going to come back and continue with Ruth Landy um, Schumann. She is the president and founder of Public Color, and uh, we're talking to her from New York City. I, I love these kinds of missions, Jason, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, totally. And, it's and great. what's so interesting is to hear the evolution of it, you know, sort of what's underneath it, and also to sort of, as she clearly has sort of followed the path, and they have followed her, yes. uh, of these students. Uh, it's, a, it's a remarkable story, to say the least. And it goes back to, you know, I think about the Posse Foundation, this idea of creating a, a group and a community, and you stay with them. Uh, it's just really wonderful. Let's continue our conversation with Ruth Landy Schumann. She is the founder and president of Public Color, joining us on the phone from New York City. Uh, and as we pointed out earlier, Public Color has received grants for their work from Bloomberg Philanthropies. And as Ruth was very nice to point out earlier in our conversation, uh, it has been a 
frequent and popular uh, destination for uh, our mm-hmm. best of Bloomberg, our Bob volunteers. Yes. Uh, Carol, so happy to be a part of the family uh, in many ways. So, you know, Ruth, I do wonder, you know, what you're thinking about at this moment here in 2020. You have been involved in in social justice for a long time now, and you've mm-hmm. seen it up close. You've seen the education educational component of this what are we doing right what do we need to do better Oof. oh my goodness that we're not doing much right hmm. i'm really sorry to say that um there are okay i'll phrase it a little bit differently there are some principles in public schools who are truly unsung heroes they are doing something extraordinary, and they're making sure that low-income students are getting a really high-level education. But there are not enough of them. There are so not enough of them. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad that there are protests now peaceful, I'm glad that there are peaceful protests bringing people's attention to the fact that we've been living with way too much educational inequity for way too long. And, and that, by the way, leads to economic inequality. Right. And one of the beautiful, you know, so in the end, you're, you're perpetuating stereotype, you're perpetuating poverty, it, you're not moving the needle. And, and I am so proud of the fact that from very early on, we've been teaching our students strong and transferable work habits, work habits that they can use in school and work habits that they can use in the workplace. We're also teaching them, we're teaching them also values. Many, many of my students come from broken homes. Mm. 48% live in single-parent households. I'd say right now, easily 75%, if not more, uh, report food insecurity. I mean, how do you expect, what do you, how do you expect a, a youngster to do well in school when they go to bed hungry they can't sleep. You can't sleep when you're hungry. You can't get a good night's sleep. And, and, and then, you, then they go, to, go off to school where, again, I'm sorry to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, where a lot of the meals are not what the kids want to eat. And, you know, the school should be doing a better job. You, it's very easy to serve healthy, nutritious, delicious meals. I do it all the time. And we have a cookbook. We have a cookbook of Public Color. Hmm. And every recipe is less than $10, and you're feeding four to six people. So, I yeah. don't know. There's, so where we have we... a lot of work to do. Well, that's... But m- it starts in the schools. I really believe it starts in the schools. 
Well, that's interesting, too, because, you know, as a country, we spend a lot on public education, and yet here mm-hmm. we are. So yep. so what's the first step? Is it, I mean, do we do we have the right people in educational institutions at this point, or is it do we not have the right people for the, uh, where's the, where's the disconnect from what you're seeing? I, uh, I honestly, I, I really don't know. I mm. think, I think that, first of all, it starts with environment. Putting teachers and students in schools that look like prisons is so counterproductive. I do not understand it. I mean, if we could public color every single school, believe me, I would. I mean, paint dignity, paint respect, paint, underscore the joy of learning through environment. Environment sends so many subliminal messages. So it starts with that. Then our teaching colleges. I would love to see our teaching colleges emphasize project-based learning. It is such a brilliant way to engage students. My children went to a private school, and they learned through project-based learning. And I'm going to tell you something. I went to a public school in Montreal, I, if I had an envious bone in my body, it would be of the education they received. Mm. I was taught to memorize. Everything was by rote. Yes. Not it's, my kids. They were taught to discover. Right. Yeah, they were think. taught to challenge authority. It's changed a lot, but you're right. It's not necessarily in, or, in all education. Ruth, we could talk for hours, and hopefully we can have you back uh, in the future. But good luck, and it was so wonderful to hear about uh, all the work that you guys are doing at Public Color. Uh, Ruth uh, Landy-Schumann, she is founder and president of Public Color, joining us on the phone in New York City. And do check out their website, publiccolor.org, and you can find out more about uh, the work that they're doing. Very cool stuff. And, of course, as we said, they are supported by Bloomberg Philanthropy, the charitable arm of Bloomberg. Bloomberg LP, owner of Bloomberg Radio.